This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is episode five. And episode five is titled Hypocrisy and Deception. And for this episode, I'll be covering Pope Francis. Pope Francis recently did an interview where he sought to decriminalize homosexuality. I'll be discussing the two mass shootings in California. The mass shooters have both been identified as Asian men. And the victims are Asian as well. Talk about that. Five black police officers at Memphis have been accused of killing a black man, beating him to death after a police stop. Talk about that. And on a lighter note, maybe, Amber Rose, who's famously dated rappers Kanye West, Wiz Khalifa, and 21 Savage, has come out and said that she is disgusted by men and she wants to be single for the rest of her life. Talk about all that. Before I get into it, welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention and time. And uh, I'm grateful for your for your attention. Now, Pope Francis, the successor of Saint Peter, the Pontiff, the leader of the Catholic Church, has come out again. You know, he, he's he's spoken on on this topic before. Has come out. Uh, and spoken out in favor of the LGBTQ plus community. Now, in an interview with the Associated Press, he was asked about homosexuality and criminal laws against homosexuality. And he says, being homosexual is not a crime. It's not a crime. Yes, but it is a sin. First, let's make a distinction between sin and crime. But it is also a sin to lack charity towards one another. So what about that? This comment comes in the midst of an upcoming trip to Sudan, which is one of the many places in the world that criminalizes homosexuality. And he's speaking to that audience. Not necessarily to American Catholics because, you know, it's, it's not a crime to be, to be you, you won't face life imprisonment. You won't face jail time for being a homosexual or a member of the LGBTQ plus community. But in other parts of the world, it is. Now, he's, he's also, uh, in a sense, doubled down on this topic, he, he clarified his comments after, I guess there, there seems to have been some confusion on, on his comments. Um, and in a note, he, Pope Francis cl- clarified his recent comments about homosexuality and sin, saying he was merely referring to official Catholic moral teaching that teaches that any sexual act outside of marriage is a sin. Francis recalled that even that black and white teaching is subject to circumstance that might eliminate the sin altogether. Now, understand this. 
I respect the the office of the Pope. I respect the papacy. I am a proud Catholic. However, you know, as I've grown in my faith, as I've grown in uh, my relationship in the Catholic Church, I've come to see that Catholics are divided politically. There are Catholics that are more liberal, that are liberal, and there are Catholics that are conservative. And people's political ideologies, political beliefs, play a part in their religious faith. I had not known that until, you know, recently, you know, as I said, growing in my faith and just taking the time and studying scripture and prayer and, and doing all the things that's, that's taught by the church. I've come to, to see that. Pope Francis is one of the more liberal Catholics. And under his leadership, he's looking to push the church in a direction that's more accepting of gay people. He's preached compassion towards the gay community. He's even been, um, it's even been said that he has a, a close friend who is, who is gay. I'm one of those conservative Catholics. And while I, I respect I respect the Pope. I don't often agree with his takes and his stance and, and some of some of his thoughts on you know how Catholics are to be and how things are to be. So these comments and the clarification don't sit well with me. And the reason is, it sounds so much like what's happening in America. While his comments may not be speaking to Americans directly, and more so to you know countries like Sudan and um, countries that that do criminalize homosexuality, it does fit the modern day liberal agenda of decriminalizing everything and giving people just do whatever you want. You know, that mentality. Have we seen, like, in, in New York and in Los Angeles, there are efforts, you know, people don't even get prosecuted for, for certain crimes. There are people that are going into stores and taking what they want, and, and they're likely face no jail time. If they are apprehended, if they're arrested, they're released that same day. You know, and that's been part of the push by, you know, liberals in America is that, you know, they, they're they trying to make it pretty much a free-for-all. So when the pontiff speaks in that manner, that, that's how I'm, I'm, you know, processing that information because the language is similar. Understand also, sin is not only a Catholic teaching, it's it's been around before the Catholic Church existed. You know, the teaching on homosexuality did not come from the Catholic Church. It existed before Catholicism was even a thing. 
the teaching on homosexuality and it being an abomination and wrong in the eyes of God exists in the Old Testament. And Jesus Christ has never spoken out against it, did not speak out against it during his, his, his ministry. The pontiff, on the other hand, wants people to accept it. And that's wrong. I don't agree with that. It is a sin. It does separate man from God. And then when you when you pro, when you understand crime, a person who is a criminal, someone who lives outside the law, puts themselves in a position to be separated from society. They are often a menace. You know, they make life uncomfortable for people. What happens in those countries that that you know criminalize homosexuality and you know the gay community? You know, those countries have a view of how they want their country to be. And they don't want it to, to shift in any direction that will put them at odds with God. Whether they are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, you know, they have those views and they don't want to be separated from God. You know, they don't want to live outside of tradition, outside of what's normal. The gay community in America, you know, I've come to view them as a greedy community. And I say that with, 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 you know, in full definition of the word, they are extremely greedy. You know, they want people to accept and they want to be a part of every part of American society. And not only do they want to be a part of every part of American side, they want people to accept them as they are. You have to accept this. You have to accept this belief system. You have to be a part of this. If not, you're homophobic. And that's wrong. You may live your life, but I don't have to agree with it. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of you. It doesn't mean I dislike you. I just don't agree with it. I don't want that to be a part of my, my uh, personal ideology, my, my way of being. And the gay community has been pushing that. And because they've grown in so much power over the few, past few years, you know, they can put people's livelihoods at stake. So I do find them to be greedy. They're not content with their position in the world. If they can make the whole world gay, they, they'll be um, happy. I think that's, that's insecure on their part, as well as greedy. As a Catholic, I know it's wrong. I know it's a sin. I know it's unacceptable in the eyes of God. I know the story of Abraham and Lot. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And if it wasn't for Abraham, Lot would have lost his life as well. And Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of homosexual practices. It's an abomination. It's wrong. And that's the teaching. For Christians, it may not be, it may be frowned upon today, but that's the teaching. And if you are a Catholic, if you are a Christian, if you believe, if you respect the Holy Bible and you see it as the word of God, then you have to take it as that. The gay community has to respect that. One of the things I, uh, the gay community should understand is that 
people do not have to subscribe to, to your lifestyle. I say that very often. People do not have to subscribe to your way of being. Furthermore, as much as you know, Pope Francis uh, speaks out in favor of homosexuality and, and the gay community, I've never heard, I've never heard a prominent gay person speak in favor of the Catholic Church. I've never heard them defend religious freedom. Never. They've, they've had this position of taking up space and, you know, forcing people to adjust to their way of being. Pope Francis seems to not see where um, America's headed, where it's not just uh, gay, queer, and lesbian. Now you have people with pronouns, people that are non-binary. And the non-binary, you know, is the perfect example of how greedy that community is. Because you have people that say, well, I don't, I don't want to identify as man or woman. I want, I want the, I want to be seen as as both. I want to have the the energy and the power that comes with both being masculine and feminine. And I have, and I don't, you know, need to subscribe to how people view me. You know, I think that's that's very very greedy. You're not content with who you are as a person. You want to be everybody. You not only want to be everybody, you want to date everybody. Meaning you you want to you're a catalyst to the destruction of tra traditional families. You also want to you know put that in, in the school system. Pope Francis doesn't take account into that. You know he may be viewing it from from what's happening outside of America, but but you know this story has reached America, and I think that was intentional. Very often when Pope Francis is in the news. It's always in regards to things that, that, that fit the liberal agenda. It's never about preserving, you know, Catholic tradition or the Catholic faith. It's always about everyone else. And that's a danger. Which is why I'm not really a big, big fan of him. You know, I, I, work, I work very hard to, to respect his office. But I do find, you know, the more I grow in my faith, the less I agree, you know, with his stance. The, the, the gay community, LGBTQ plus community was, you know, proud of that. But I also, it also seems that there was pushback, which is why he, he clarified his statement. And he clarified his statement in favor of the gay community, not Catholic tradition. His, and finally, I think what he's saying is, is not, not only dangerous to the church, I think he's, he's consciously saying it for the next generation of Catholics and hoping that while this generation you may have people that disagree with it, the others will, will be more accepting of it because they'll be, you know, the Pope that, he'll be the Pope that they know. While a person like me had had... Uh, John Paul II and Benedict for a while. The next generation will, will have only known him and whoever succeeds him. And if the person that succeeds him is is of his mindset, then you know the agenda gets pushed even more. Share your thoughts with me. What do you think of Pope Francis and his recent comments? 
on homosexuality not being a, a, a crime. What do you think of his stance in regards to the LGBTQ plus community and his, you know, him pushing that liberal agenda? Share your thoughts and opinions with me. Whether you're for it or against it, you can email me directly, jeff at jdnewsusa.com. That's jeff at jdnewsusa.com. You can also write in the comment section. This is the Jeff Delee Show. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. We are in the year 2023. We've made it past a pandemic, a pandemic which which had people in their houses for weeks, months, which has cost many people their livelihood. Many people lost friends, family members, co-workers, students, mentors, teachers to the COVID virus. And not only that, this COVID virus also launched a hateful campaign against the Asian community because, you know, upon investigation, the virus has been said to come from Wuhan, China. At one point, the former president, Donald J. Trump, referred to it as the China virus. And that has caused, that has caused a rise in hate against the Asian community while there are efforts to to you know sway people away from China you know the proof was in the pudding that that's where it came from and and there were many attacks against the Asian community at a the time there were you know black men particularly in New York that were you know assaulting Asian men and women Since then, a campaign was launched, Stop Asian Hate, and, you know, there were posters and hashtags spread across the country to quell that. Well, for the third time, there has been an Asian mass shooting carried out by an Asian man. The last two happened just days apart in the new year with one shooter committing suicide and the other being taken into custody. The attacks occurred at a, a ballroom dance studio and an agricultural community, both in California. In total, there have been 39 mass shootings in the new year. I sympathize with what's happening, what happened in the Asian community. But I've also spent time just processing what's happened. These are these shootings were not carried out by white men, so they can't be blamed on white supremacy. Were not carried out by black men, so the mental illness card cannot be played. These shootings were carried out by elderly. Asian men approaching or past the retirement age. And it makes you wonder, well, at least it makes me wonder, you know, what could have driven these men to carry out attacks against their own community? 
is it is it you know them seeing uh being angry and you know having discontent towards their own people is it coming to the realization or were they just you know paid to you know carry out this violence because these killings really put a, a wrench into the you know the conversations that's been having about white supremacy and and Asian hate this is literally Asian on Asian and it made me think of you know just some of the thoughts that I've had towards the Haitian community now understand you know I'm proud of my Haitian roots but over the past few years I mean mostly since the killing of President Jovenel Moise I've grown to have a, a, a lot of a great dislike for my people because I, I, I've seen actions carried out that were clearly detrimental to not only the country but the community of Haitians and they were carried out by Haitians with no regard for what, what was to come and all those actions failed and ultimately further divided and destroyed the country yet they were pushed as if it was a good thing so that made me grow to dislike you know at the present moment Haiti has no no leadership there are no government elected government officials in Haiti at all this country is, the country is protected by America, foreign entities, and gangs. That's it. And because I, I, I saw so many people speak out against the former, the now deceased president, and and work so tirelessly against his efforts, it's made me just dislike so many people. And then of course, just seeing, you know, Haitians, you know family members community members and their actions you know i've grown to have this this dislike like why do you have to be the one to to see things this way do you not see how destructive it is do you not see how it sets us back you know so that's that's you know within my own community and i know you know there are black people african-americans that have similar views about their own people. Like, why do you have to be the one to act up? Why do you have to be the one to, to commit a crime? Why do you have to be the one on the in, in that police lineup? Why does it have to be one of our people? So I'm thinking, you know, and I'm sure many other communities, including the LGBTQ plus community, have people that have, you know, that 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 outlook. That, that they become frustrated at their own people for, for nonsense and, and just ignorance and stupidity that, that's carried out. I'm guessing that that's what's happening in, in this Asian in the Asian community. That there are people that are just acting up and they are frustrating elderly men because these, these shootings are carried out by they're not traditional uh, mass shooters. You know, these are people that can that that could have grandchildren. You know, these are elders in their community. There must be something wrong. 
And I think, you know, people outside of that, the Asian community need, need to need to receive, you know, clarification as to what's happening. Where's the frustration coming from? You know, how did, you know, these elderly men become so comfortable in taking out their own? As I said, it's, it, this is the third one, two, two this year. I want to hear your thoughts on this. And also, you know, do any of you have, understand that mindset in being disappointed in your own people, you know, in seeing actions, you know? Now, I've never had, had the, the thought or desire to, to be a mass shooter, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's not, well, it's not in my, you know, it's not in my making. But I don't think these men came up that way. I think they're part of just that frustration and decided to act violently. You know, while I, I've just cut people off, <laughs> I'm not dealing with, with this nonsense anymore. You know, they acted violently. But do, do, do any of you have similar thoughts, similar feelings toward your own people? You know, discontent and seeing just the nonsense that happens in your own community and having to pretend that everything is okay and having to have pride. You know, I'll wrap up with this. I've even seen videos as of late of, of white people being frustrated within, you know, by their own people. Okay, so share your thoughts with me on this story. This is the Jeff Delay Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is the Jeff Delay Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This episode is titled Hypocrisy and Deception. Before I, I, I get to the story of the five, five black cops, I want to, I wanna, you know, just highlight the, the title of the show. And all of these stories have hypocrisy and deception in them. Because none of them fit the, you know, the traditional narrative. You have a the leader of the Catholic Church. You have the leader of the Catholic Church speaking in favor of a community that does the opposite of what God intended. You have Asians killing Asians. When it was initially presented that, you know, it was white supremacy that was causing Asians to be assaulted and discriminated against. And now there's a killing of a black man, Tyree Nichols. He was beaten to death by five black cops, five black men in uniform. Beat this man to death. They were not, you know, it doesn't fit the uh, the narrative of, you know, white cops abusing, killing, profiling black men. Tyree Nichols was living with his mother. He had moved back into his parents' home from California and he was living in Memphis. He was working as a FedEx worker alongside his stepfather. 
His hobbies included photography and skateboarding. He says, photography allowed me to express, it allows me, to, it expresses me in ways I can't write down for people. Photography was his creative outlet. But then just one day, fatal encounter officers pulled him over for reckless driving he attempted to flee he decided to run from the officers they caught up to him tried to arrest him they tried to tase him he tried to run again and the officers beat him they beat him, they tased him, they kicked him, and he was hospitalized in critical condition. Three days later, he died. At the time of this recording, there's been mass protests throughout the country. The officers have been fired. The police chief has been relieved of her duties. This is all I'm hearing that's being reported. And of course, you know, an investigation is going on. Reverend Al Sharpton is supposed to speak at, give the eulogy at the funeral. And the, the voices, you know, the activists that usually speak out on this matter, they're all out and about, you know, leading the charge. It's a tragedy, you know. In any instance, when a person loses his life, understand, there's no coming back. And people, you're given a lot of responsibility when you lose a loved one. There's a lot of feelings and emotions and thoughts that have to be processed, you know, because no one is absolutely perfect, although his mother says he was damn near perfect. There's a lot of there's a lot to process there. So it's never a good thing to hear about someone dying, someone losing their life. But the story is 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 very common. He's one of many. His voice, his name, excuse me, his name will be uh, spoken and hashtagged repeatedly over the next few weeks. And depending how on how strong the campaign is, it may go on for months. I don't have any particular thoughts and opinions on this one way or the other. Meaning, I won't be condemning the law, law enforcement. I won't be um, speaking against the injustice faced by Tyree Nichols that led up to his death. None of that. And here's my reason. Here's my reason. In 2020, you know, as the country was reeling from COVID, George Floyd lost his life. He had gone 
to a uh, bodega corner store. He had a fake $20 bill and he was going to use it to purchase, to make a purchase. Law enforcement was called on him and he ultimately lost his life. Officer Derek Chauvin was videotaped putting his knee on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. The country went into disarray, mass protests, looting, riots, cars flipped over, Some, a couple of people, a few people lost their lives. George Floyd was a black man. Derek Chauvin was a white man. A year later, or months later, at the, in 2022, at the top of the year, in New York, two officers, Hispanic, responded to a domestic call where a black man was having a dispute with, with his mother or family member. And cops were called. The black man had a weapon, a gun. He fired it and killed two officers. He was ultimately killed by a third officer. Now, I was not a part of the protests for George Floyd. I don't believe in protests. It's not my thing. I'm too old for it. At 35, I, I've seen enough, and I, I, I don't find value in marching and protesting. That's me. It's my personal take. I did attend the funeral for one of the officers. It was at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I attended the funeral because the officer was very young, rookie cop, one of them. He was married and he did nothing wrong. All he did was respond to a call and he lost his life. His wife is now a widow. Many dreams remain unfulfilled. And I felt an extreme guilt. Like, as I mentioned, the officers are not white. It's not me. Um, what is it? Whatever the term is to white supremacy, as liberals like to push it, it was, how could we get to this place where a black man kills two cops after George Floyd. Understand, there was a huge payout to the Floyd family. Justice was served. The officers were, were you know, given long prison sentences. Many industries in America honored not only George Floyd, but the Black Lives Matter movement. How could this happen? It happened. Black man killed two cops. 2023, we have Tyree Nichols. And now this incident has no white cops involved. It's five black cops, one black man. I have no thoughts and opinions on it. Because in the past few years, I've seen it on both sides. I've seen cops acting out. 
I've seen black men acting out. And this story, you have black men as cops and as victims. Furthermore, you have a black man who was stopped for reckless driving. He ran either in fear or rebellion, and he ultimately lost his life. It's clear by I didn't I haven't watched the entire video, and I probably won't. Some of the clips that I've seen, I've seen you know officers tying their shoe or responding responders tying their shoes. I've seen officers high-fiving each other. It's clear. I, I won't say these are these cops are, are bad men. I won't say that. I can say maybe they're frustrated. I can say they may have had a tough day. Or they, they matched his energy because he decided to run. I can say maybe there was some ego on either side. But I won't say it was intentional. This won't lead me to putting out the same thoughts and the same energy as I did for George Floyd. This won't lead me to feeling the same guilt I felt when those two officers were killed in New York. I have no thoughts and opinions on it. And I think I'm seeing it as one of those, ignore it, it'll go away. And here's why. Here's one of the reasons. You know, in my late teens, early 20s, I experienced being, being stopped by, by law enforcement. As a child, I experienced the joy of interacting with, with officers. You know, one of my, my fondest memories is, is a cop handing me a toy car on a subway. He found it, he saw me, and, you know, he said, he said, do you want this? I was like, yes, and he gave it to me. You know, all young boys love cars. It was, I'll never forget that day. It, it you know, it put some joy in my heart. But I also remember being stopped in, in, you know, in my teenage years and up into my early 20s being stopped very often. One time I was stopped by the same cop twice in consecutive days. When I got tired of being stopped by cops, I assessed what was causing it and I made a change. I just changed the way I dressed. I came to realize that the reason why I was a target was not because of who I am, but because of the way I was dressed. The way I was dressed was inspired by the music that I listened to. You know, hip hop music comes with its own fashion. And the artists often have criminal backgrounds. And they rap about it in their music because the music is good. It has influence on the listeners and the listeners adopt that lifestyle. And as a, as a young black man, it put me in a situation where I could, you know, be seen as a criminal. Although it wasn't my intention, but that's how I was perceived. Once I made that change, it stopped happening. I've come to know a few cops 
you know, I won't say I have cop friends, but I'm cordial with enough. I know. Okay. So that's where I'm at. Moreover, I've had, there was, I've seen so many things happen from the time George Floyd was, was killed. I've seen the frustration of, on cops. I've seen the frustration in the black community. I've seen shifts in energies and opportunities that were given, opportunities that were lost because of that situation. I won't put myself in that position again. I pray for that family. I sympathize with them because a mother has lost a son. But that's, that's where I'll keep it. As a country, as a whole, as a people, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Not on my part. I'm not with it. My name is Bennett. I'm not in it. But for the people within that world, for law enforcement, for activists, for, you know, folks that are fighting whatever they're fighting, there's some work that needs to be done. Because at this point, it's just ridiculous. It's embarrassing to see. You know, prior to Tyree Nichols, the cousin of Patrice, you know, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, her male cousin was also killed by, by law enforcement. And, you know, one of the one of the things I mean, this also adds to, to why I don't have any thoughts and opinions. You know, the, the cousin of Patrice says they're trying to George Floyd me. As he was, you know, it's clear that he's conscious that this this incident was being documented and he had, you know, the strength to to make that statement. That incident happened, you know, it was in the news for some days and then it went away. This incident, on the other hand, you know, part of the things that one of the things the young man said in the video was he, he called out for his mother, similar to George Floyd. And the video itself was released January 27th in the evening when children were out of school, parents, adults were out of work, and leadership, political leaders automatically started calling for, for calm and for peace. Peaceful protests, you know, Etc. Etc. These are all patterns. These are all things that I've seen before, which is why I want no parts of it. And I, I encourage people, you know, I encourage people to want no parts of this. You know, I encourage that because there's too much time and energy put out in these situations for it to continue. It's too much. I'll wrap up with this. As a black man, I am grateful to the likes of Desaline, Jean-Jacques Desaline. I'm grateful to Marcus Garvey. I'm grateful to Malcolm X. I'm grateful to Martin Luther King. I'm grateful to Rosa Parks. And in my gratitude, 
I carry myself in a certain manner. You know, people have sacrifice. And I'm, I'm speaking of, you know, not, I'm not even, I haven't even included my family, you know, the elders in my family. I'm speaking of elders within the black community, within the Haitian community. I'm grateful for the efforts, and because of that, I carry myself in a certain manner. I have no desire to, to be Malcolm X. I have no desire to be Martin Luther King. I'm grateful for the work that, that, that they've done and the sacrifices they made. And I carry myself in a manner that would make them proud, as would, you know, my my ancestors, my family ancestors. And I think people have to take that, that into account. There's too much recklessness. There's too much recklessness. Those cops, I mean, beating down a man, clearly they lost control. That man, that young man deciding to run, clearly, you know, something was off. And some of the languages, you know, the things that people are saying in these moments, there's just something about it that's, that, that doesn't sit right with me. You know, there's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. Because I'm sure they're conscious of that this incident is being documented. Both sides. And because of this, you know, selfie social media stage that we're in in American life, most of it doesn't sit right with me. It's it's something about it is off. Share your thoughts with me, Jeff at jdnewsusa.com. That's your Jeff at jdnewsusa.com. You can email me directly and tell me your thoughts and your opinions, or you can comment in in the post. This is the Jeff Daly Show. This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Title of the show, Hypocrisy and Deception. There's a lot happening. I want to wrap up on a, on a light note. We've spoken about the Pope. Mass shootings in the Asian community. Black man beaten to death by five black cops. All of these stories so far... You know, I, I express compassion, gratitude, love, prayers. I extend prayers to, to all of the people. I don't have to agree with everything. I don't subscribe to everything. I'm my own person. I'll say it loud and proud. I am extremely conservative in faith, in politics, personality. That's who I've grown to become. If I were, if I were ever uh, in a position of power, you know, as a public figure, and someone said, "I'm going to expose you," they may find things in my past that are not so conservative. They may find things of me being more liberal. Well, yeah, I've grown up, so my views have changed, my personality has evolved, and this is who I am now. I like to think I, I've had my fun. I've had my, you know, youth, those youthful experiences. So now I'm, I'm a man. Childish things I've put away. And, you know, where I'm at in my life, I, I am extremely proud to be very conservative. I protect my energy. 
I protect my, my beliefs and my standing in the world. I have no desire to be, to uh, have my thoughts manipulated, changed, or, or to match the times that we're in. That's where I'm at. So let's be clear on that. I don't care for whatever title or ad hominems you want to throw my way. It won't change my stance. Coon, Uncle Tom, whatever they say to black men that don't, you know, subscribe to to present day narratives, throw it at me as you want. You know, I am where I'm at. I'm some of some when you when you become a man, you know, a lot of the nonsense you you don't you don't fall for it anymore. You don't you don't engage in it. And there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of you know hypocrisy. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of games being played. I'm not a part of none of that. Now, Amber Rose, if you're unfamiliar, Amber Rose was the girlfriend of Kanye West. We all know who Kanye West is. She was his girlfriend at the time where he rushed the stage when Taylor Swift was receiving an award. If you remember, if you've seen the MTV Awards, if not, it's, it's online. Kanye West had a bottle of Hennessy in his hand and he had Amber Rose by his side and he acted a fool. You know, Kanye West was the one who introduced the world to Amber Rose. She's a former stripper. And they had they had a good thing going for a while and they ultimately it ultimately did not work out. She went on to date Wiz Khalifa. And then she had she was married to Wiz Khalifa and had a child. Wiz Khalifa's a rapper, you know, famously had the song Black and Yellow. He's had some other hits since then, but Black and Yellow is probably his biggest hit. I actually filmed the interview where he professed his his interests in Amber Rose. And when they started dating and ultimately got married and had had a child, you know, I was, you know, I felt that I was a part of, you know, history because I was in that room when, when he, you know, said that about her. And ultimately it didn't work out. Dated another man, had a child. That man is now dating Cher. You know, if you're familiar with Sonny and Cher, that Cher. She is, Amber Rose is a fairly attractive, you know, woman. She's, she's, she's very attractive. She's cute. She's no Tracy Ellis Ross. She's no Cindy Crawford. But in, in the, you know, she's very cute. And she has a lot of sex appeal. Which would make her, you know, target for her, for any lustful man. Well, anyway, Amber Rose says she doesn't want to have sex. She wants to be single for the rest of her life. She thinks she thinks guys are effing gross. She doesn't want anyone in her bed. She doesn't want anyone around her kids. She's fine with being by herself. These comments come, you know, as pictures have been surfacing of her ex dating share. But it's also a 180 because she famously created what's what was known as the slut walk. And she was, you know, fighting for women to, to be sexually free and to not feel that they have to be confounded to American standards, that they can be loose and, you know, as they want to be. So it's a big, it's a big 180. I'm surprised by it. 
but she's also in this space where she's she's very not she's not really relevant anymore you know i don't think any of her endeavors bore fruit i don't think she's you know there there's really nothing from her that's going to make her you know bigger than what she was or is at this moment so it is what it is I thought, you know, her, her relationship with Wiz Khalifa was, was a good one because of, you know, who he was at that time and where she was. I thought it was, you know, they had, they had you know, the tattoo thing in common. Or sadly, it didn't work out. My thoughts on her, her stance, I'm guessing she's been extremely disappointed. She's probably heartbroken. You know, I think she, at one point, she was untouchable. She was, every man desired her because she's, you know, she has a lot of sexy people. She's, she's an attractive woman. And, you know, that's starting to fade. You know, I don't think, you know, there are other younger women that are probably that have as much sex appeal, younger, you know. And, you know, she's being pushed aside and, you know, she, she's, she has to confront those heartbreaks. She has to confront those disappointments. She can't just be disappointed in a man and find another. It doesn't work now. She has two kids. So I think that's where it's coming from. And, um, yeah, it gives, it gives, it's a good laugh for, for people that are not a fan of her. You know, it's like, oh, now, now you want to say this. Now you believe this, you know, but I do offer, you know, I do have compassion for her. She says, you know, she made these comments when she was on a, on a podcast. She went on to say after, you know, those comments, she says, my ex-husband cheated on me. We were married. We were young. I forgive him. We're the best of friends now. I mean, I cried every day for three years while I was dating other people. I married my soulmate. And then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore. Because our mothers, the internet, there was too much pressure to be married so young. We had just had a baby. I was effing heartbroken. She's speaking of, of Wiz Khalifa. She's, she says when she dated Toy One Savage, she was still heartbroken from her divorce. She enjoyed her time with him. But when you get married, like had a huge wedding, she thought it was going to be forever. She highlights something here, you know, that the, the, the divorce with Wiz Khalifa wasn't of their doing. Of course, he cheated, but there were other things that were happening. You know, their parents, the Internet, all of the eyes that were on them ultimately made it not work out. You know, but I, I, I understand where she's coming from. I believe where she was. She's coming from. I believe that that her and Wiz Khalifa were really a, a good match. You know, um, more so than her, her relationship with Kanye West. You know, I saw that up close that he, he really, you know, was, I, I won't say infatuated. He really liked her. You know, I, I think Wiz Khalifa is one of those sincere people. He seems like a good hearted person. I don't think he, he, he's malicious, but of course he's a rapper. So, you know, his famous women are going to be coming at him all the time. So the cheating is, you know, that, that comes with, with, you know, the job.
but yeah i i do i do think that they were you know a match made that ultimately was destroyed by outside forces share your thoughts with me what do you think of of amber rose and her desire to be, be alone for the rest of her life and not wanting to be around men and finding men to be gross and disgusting what do you think of that i was never a big fan of her you know that slut walk agenda and that that was being pushed i thought i thought that was disgusting you know I, i've never been a fan of, of you know that that viewpoint of women choosing to do what men do and being uh, promiscuous and you know i've never found that to be appealing so the, you know this is 180 it puts into perspective some of the things uh some of her previous ex experiences and you know where she's at now so you know i sympathize with her you know but it all falls in line it, you know with all these stories it, they all fall in line with hypocrisy and deception you know everything that that should be one way is not you know the the, the pontiff pope francis should not be you know uh defending homosexuality but he is <laughs> you wouldn't expect asians to be mass killing asians you don't expect black cops to be uh beating to death a black man you don't expect a former vixen and a sex symbol to swear off men and sex but it's all happening at a time these were the people that you know you would expect them to have a certain standard and it's all changed share your thoughts to me in all these stories what do you think you can email me directly jeff at jdnewsusa.com that's jeff at jdnewsusa.com you can email me directly you can comment in the post but share your thoughts with me this is the jeff lee show thank you for listening thank you for your time and attention next time